When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Friday Q&A podcast. It kind of feels like normal for at least a day. Okay, until tomorrow. Then I got to get on a plane and go to New York. And then uh, I'll be back next week to do regular podcasts. And then I'll be gone the week after that on another little vacation. And then I think vacations and hopefully other family problems are done for a while. Glad you decided to be a part of the podcast. I hope that I can be of some help to you as I delve into questions that you either called in or emailed in, emailed, well, spoke them in. You didn't email them. You spoke them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. However, today, I think every question I have came in from the phone number, which is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And I think it's time to get started. Well, heck, I control this i know it's time to get started here's our first call yes hello gentlemen my name is chris i'm from new york and i was listening to one of your recent programs about annuities and surrender charges and i have to take a little bit of issue with it i am not an insurance salesman however either i find if i look for a fiduciary they want to charge anywhere from one percent to one and a half percent to manage the money but if I buy an annuity, let's say it has a 10% surrender charge and the insurance salesman gets 10%. So if I put 100000 the insurance person makes $10,000 commission. If I give a fiduciary 100000 over the course of 10 years, if you take the 1%, there's your $10,000 anyway. So I really, I don't know. I just feel that, listen, I realize everyone has to make a living, but I think you're being a little harsh with um, these insurance salesmen. They, um, you know, annuities, I feel, have a place. Social Security is an annuity. Um, Do you disagree with that? Um, That's all I have to say. Thanks. Chris, you make a very fair point. It's a fair point. It's not a great point, though. I get why you would think that. But here's the deal. Um, The annuity you're talking about is... One of two things. It's either a fixed annuity, which pays a fixed rate for the term of the annuity, or it's an indexed annuity or a fixed indexed annuity or an equity indexed annuity. Either one of those is problematic in its own right, despite the surrender charge. You see, the surrender charge is only one little problem with the whole thing and merely a tool by which those who are pitched these products can judge how much the person is getting paid or the company is getting paid. And to get 10% up front and then do literally no work from that point on, nothing, not a thing, that's a pretty good payoff. You have to remember when you're hiring an investment advisor at 1% per year and uh, uh, 
you know, as your assets grow, that with most firms will go down. I wouldn't pay anybody one and a half, but at one percent per year, you're getting somebody who's doing a lot of work for you over the course of your life and is striving to build a portfolio that is going to help you make more money. As a matter of fact, Vanguard and others have published studies showing that having a full-time investment advisor, somebody who's always in your corner uh, for whom you pay, has increased returns up to 3% per year. And this is this is the rub. Fixed indexed annuities and fixed annuities, both in the current environment, pay low to mid, best case, mid single-digit returns. Because they cannot possibly, the claim is we'll give you the return of the market in an indexed annuity, but they can't give you the return of the market with no risk. Otherwise, what would be the point of the market? No, they, they make money, and so they only give you a portion of the return of the market up to a cap. And that portion of the return of the market has pretty consistently been almost exactly what they pay on regular old fixed annuities. It's just that the sales pitch for an indexed annuity is so much more enticing. So it's not just the one issue. There are a lot of issues, but the surrender charge, I don't think that's necessarily a big issue, except for the fact that it shows you how big the commission that you paid right up front might have been. And also remember, when you take $10,000 out of $100,000, now you're only earning on ninety. When you're earning on $100,000 and then you know every quarter you're taking out a quarter of 1% to pay for the, the advisor, you're making money on the whole 100 that first quarter, and hopefully it made more than you paid, or eventually, overall made more. So thanks for the question. It was a good one, and I hope that clears it up for you. If not, you, know, you can always call us, 855-935-TALK, or leave your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. Let's go to the next one. Hi, Don and Tom. I have a friend who uh, had some money invested in Voyager app, and he felt like he did good homework because it was FDIC insured, and now they have frozen assets or whatever they've done, uh, filing for Chapter 11 or whatever. I wonder if you guys could provide any insight. Is that money going to be gone forever uh, that the people had invested, or is there just a time period that we have to wait and uh, they will unfreeze the assets and reimburse everybody. So any insight would be great. Thank you so much. Oh, my. Oh, my. Voyager Digital. That's what you're talking about. And I fear for your friend. Because Voyager Digital was... <laughs> How do I say this tactfully? Oh, wasn't particularly honest with their clients or potential clients. This business about their accounts being... FDIC insured is very misleading. What they were saying is that when they had dollars in their account, U.S. dollars, well, they kept those in this bank that had FDIC insurance. But it doesn't work that way. You see, it's a quarter of a million dollars per depositor, and you didn't have an account with the bank. They had an account with the bank. And they were claiming 8 to 10% returns on your money in this very safe investment. Oh, my gosh. This is going to go down in history as another one of these scammy things. Because the reality is they were investing the money in digital currencies, in, in crypto. 
So crypto has no insurance by anybody, anywhere, anytime. There is no insurance. It has nothing, nothing supporting it. Doesn't have any assets supporting it. It has no full faith and credit of somebody supporting it. It has no insurance. It has no government backing. It has nothing but nothing. <laughs> it has nothing but nothing. That's exactly Yeah, crypto is nothing but nothing. So um, the FDIC, as a matter of fact, when I'm recording this, is uh, I'm recording this on Friday, the 29th of July. Today, or maybe it was yesterday, I think it was yesterday, the FDIC and the Federal Reserve issued a strongly worded cease and desist statement telling Voyager Digital to get that stuff about FDI insurance off of any of its documents or its website, or they're going to get in some huge trouble. Well, they're already in so much trouble. Here's my guess, and I've read a lot about Voyager. My guess, almost everything's gone. Almost every penny is gone. And when that happens, and that happens to Celsius, and that happens to some others, there is, based on history, this is going to be another example of a run on the bank except in a digital form because it's been so hard to have the kind of speculation that we had in uncontrolled banking in the 19th century, for example, that now people are trying desperately to find new ways to make a lot of money really quickly. And when they do that, it always, okay, no equivocation from me, it always leads to something bad. And in this case, the something bad is the eventual unraveling of most, if not all, cryptocurrencies. I am 99.9% sure, not 99.9% pure, but I'm 99.9% sure. Be careful and tell your friend I'm sorry, but they got greedy. They got greedy. <sighs> How many times do we need to tell you if it sounds too good to be true, it's eventually too good to be true. Now, sure, with Bernie Madoff, some people made big money right off the bat. Sometimes it works for a while. And I'm sure some people with Voyager Digital made some decent money. Now the piper is paid. 855-935-8255. Give me a call. That's the phone number. Love, 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 love to try and help you with your money stuff. Tom and I both love doing that. By the way, speaking of Tom, I am heading to my brother's memorial service in New York City over the weekend, the 30th, 31st, coming back on the 1st. And uh, so the, that means Tom will be doing the show all alone on Saturday. So please do me a favor. Help my little friend out. Yeah, he gonna be lonesome. We don't want little Tommy to be lonesome. So, you know, send Lassie to help. No, ask Timmy. Uh, give him a call. Give poor Tommy a call. He'll be there just rocking back and forth by himself in his little studio where it'll be 99 degrees inside his house, sweating like a pig. So if you could keep keep the, keep that guy happy, give him a call at 8. 55935 talk 8555 Get Terry. Yeah, call him. Uh he'll be there from three to five Eastern, noon to two Pacific 
all by his lonesome. Well, he actually will have an expert on Social Security on for part of the show, so that could be kind of cool. And by the way, if you can't listen to the show, remember, it becomes a podcast next week. So our Saturday show will be our, this week, it'll be the Tuesday and Wednesday podcast because I'm going to be gone Monday. Thank you for doing that. Now, back to another caller. Hi, guys. This is Dave from Salem, Oregon. I had a question about the series I-Bonds. I was listening to your Rainy Day uh, Rainy Day Doe podcast, and you were talking about saving the series I-Bonds and that they pay 9%, but theoretically, not theoretically, but that that will be adjusted substantially one way or the other. Can you explain to us how and what the consequences of the adjustments will be. So it's tied to inflation, I know, but how does that, how does the interest rate get a, uh, a cur- a, get decided on? And then give us some facts that if the inflation does this, series I bonds will do that, that type of thing. Does that make sense? Appreciate you guys. We'll continue to listen to the show. Thanks for the call. I bonds again. <laughs> Good thing Tom's not here. They make him crazy. They do. Because, uh, you know, they're not that big a deal. You can only do 10000 bucks per person per year. And I'm not going to get into the whole tax refund thing. Uh, but how are the rates determined? It's not real simple, but it's relatively simple. What they do is they take the semi-annual rate of inflation the six months rate, they add the, the, the rate over six months and they multiply that times two. And then they add to that the fixed rate, which in this case is really, really easy to add because the fixed rate right now is zero. So it's a 0%. If there is no inflation at all, none, no inflation, your I bond will earn a whopping 0% interest. If for the previous six months, the inflation rate was 1%. The For the next six months, the I-bonds will earn an annualized rate of 2%. If it was 4% for the previous six months, they'll earn a 8% annual return. So the reason they're at 9.6 right now, because the previous rate was about 4.8% for the six months, a semi-annual rate. So I hope that explains it. And also, you uh, you had a, a question or a comment about uh, not knowing when the the questions will air. Yeah, I, I, we apologize, but this is a very small operation. Where most of the podcasts you listen to have a staff of about 10 or 12, we have a staff of one and a half. Um, Tom's a co-host, and I'm the everything else. And therefore, there is there are just not enough hours in the day to respond to everybody who sends in a question and to let them know when the, the question's going to air. Texting is almost impossible with the system, by the way. Uh, it just doesn't work. And so, therefore, um, this is sort of a way to get you to listen to every podcast. If you listen to every podcast, you will not miss your question unless it didn't make it to us. And also... If you have questions and you'd like to talk to somebody one-on-one, you can do that. 
you just can't do it all the time because, you know, we do this for a living. But if, if you want some help from one of our advisors at Vestory by Appella, it's really easy. You just call 800-386-3004, which is our business number, or go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, and set up an appointment to talk with someone. Now, there may come a day when we'll try to figure out a way to do this a little more personally. But for now, with the staff we have, which is me, this is what you get. Hope you like it. And I just checked in. It turns out that our next two questions actually come in from people who went to TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form and recorded their questions. Here's the first of those. Hi, my name is Lolly, and I'm hoping that you can give me a little bit of insights as to where to put um, some investments at Fidelity. Um, I've been listening to your podcast and I think I picked up on some good allocation advice. Um, I was going to do 35% in a total market index, FC rocks, um, 35% in international, um, FTIHX, um, 20% in small cap value, FCTVX, and then 5% in emerging markets and 5% in a REIT. Um, the problem is that um, the FCROX, the FTIHX, and the FCTVX, so that's the total market, the international, and small cap value, all aren't approved under my 457 plan. And I was wondering if you know of some, like, some funds that are kind of similar um, that might be approved under this. Um, My head's kind of swimming. There's like 180 options. Um, So if if you have any ideas, that would be awesome. And thanks for all you guys do. Well, Lolly, you have the right idea. You just picked the wrong funds at Fidelity. This is one of Fidelity's problems. (laughs) There are too many choices. You got a Fidelity total market. You got a Fidelity Total Market Index. You got a Fidelity Total Market Index Zero. The zero funds, Lolly, are a big, fat sales gimmick. Period. We love low fees, but how low do they need to be, really? One of the problems with the zero funds is that they're not really the index. They're kind of trying to emulate the index. So you're going to get more diversification in the funds that are actually the total market funds, the total market index funds. Oh, beware of the total market funds that aren't indexed because they're actively managed. They can cost more than 1% per year. However, when you get to the right index funds, like the Fidelity Total Market Index, which is FS as in Sam, K-A-X, FSCACs. You get the total U.S. market, Yay! and you get it for a fee of, ready, ready, ready for this, 0.015%. 0.015%. That's 1.5 of 1%. Um. In other words, it's not costing you very much money. It's not costing you. Uh, that works out to like uh, 15 cents per $1,000 invested every year. Then for your international total market, go with the FT, as in Tom, I-E-X. 
That's the international. And that's, oh, that's a whopping 60 cents per thousand dollars a year. And then finally, for your small cap value, FIS, V is in Victor, X, Fizvix. And that one, that one will cost you a whole 50 cents a year. 50, 50 cents a year per thousand dollars. 50 cents a year. My guess, those are much more likely to be in your 457. If they use Fidelity funds, they're not likely to use the zeros, but they should uh, hope they use these. And then the other two, of course, you know. There you have it. It wasn't that simple. Thanks for going to TalkingRealMoney.com and dropping your question. You notice how much better they sound at TalkingRealMoney.com than they do when called in? So if you have a computer or even a smartphone, instead of calling, you just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, hit the contact form, and you can record your question. And by the way, the mics on most of the modern smartphones, particularly iPhones, wow, are they good these days. They sound great when recorded right into the system. They, they do. They sound almost broadcast quality. Uh, one more. One more from uh, TalkingRealMoney.com. That's this one. Hey, Don and Tom. This is Pete from Pewaukee, Wisconsin. I have a question for you. Obviously, we've all taken a hit on some of our stocks. And I, why would I not sell my loss, my dogs, if I have other stocks in a similar position or similar class that has similar ratings on Schwab? So that I have those losses that I can carry forward. I think the recovery may not be any different than what these other stocks would, would hold. So I'd be able to accumulate those losses and then I can strategically utilize them down the road to offset gains. Or if I want, I can also um, take my $3,000 a year on that hit. So I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on that. And uh, that should do it. Thank you. Well, Pete, if you were looking for an argument, you come to the wrong place. Because I'm going to say, yeah, go. Although, okay, I'm going to quibble with you on the fact that you own individual stocks, if that's what you meant. If you meant stocks, but you really were meant to say mutual funds, okay, then I'm better. But if they're individual stocks, you should sell all of them. All of them. You shouldn't be in individual stocks. You can't pick individual stocks any better than anybody else. And if you did, for a while, you got lucky. Your risk is too high. But to answer your question, heck yeah, sell your losers. Um, I, just a few weeks ago, did just that. I sold anything I had that was down double digits and put all of the proceeds into the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund to keep me invested in the market. And then I'll go back to my Avantis funds and all the other ones, the DFA funds I have. I'll go back into those after the 30-day wash sale period has expired. On the 31st day, I'll reallocate back into those same funds so that I still get the movements of the overall market during that 30 days. I won't get the specific movements of small cap value, for example, that did very well recently. But uh, I, I keep I, I stay in there. I'm not market timing with this. But I did get a sizable tax loss that I can, like you, use to offset $3,000 of income, directly offset gains though. And given the fact that, you know, I sold a house and I had a gain from, from that, and I've had some gains from other investments, I can go ahead and offset those and um, reduce my tax bill pretty substantially. So yeah, I think it's a great strategy. It's called 
tax loss harvesting. We practice it at our firm, Vestry by Appella. We do it with our clients regularly. They are regularly tax loss harvested. And by the way, that's one of the things that makes an advisor really valuable. Because we have a very expensive system that monitors for the best, uh, that monitors for for times to tax loss sell, that monitors for times to rebalance, and all of those things, and the and the most efficient way to do those things. And so that's that's one of those things. To go back to the previous question about the annuity, that's one of the things that makes that one percent per year for an advisor worth paying because they're doing all this other stuff. The life insurance salesman who sold you your indexed annuity isn't going to do one thing for you over the life of that annuity. They're not going to do a darn thing. They're just going to sit back and go, man, that was easy, and drive off into the sunset in their new expensive foreign car. So, all right, here we go. We got the we got to the end. Yeah, this is pretty much. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, we're definitely at the the end. I hate to go over thirty minutes on these. Um, if you want some help, we give it for free at Vestry by Apello, which is the firm that Tom and I started. We will help you, and we will not try to sell you anything. And there is no obligation to do anything. If you want to become a client, we welcome you with open arms. If you don't, we're still going to help, and it will be legitimate, actionable help. Just set up an appointment with one of our fiduciary advisors at Vestry.com, or call 800-386-3004. That's our office number. In fact, Tom even takes a couple of appointments every Saturday morning or most Saturday mornings, so you can even talk with him. I don't, but he does because he's nicer than I am. I'm funnier than he is. (laughs) Maybe not right now, but I try. Anyway, got to go. Got to get out of here. Got to catch a flight tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. Spread the word. Tell friends. Tell people who aren't friends. Tell people you hate. Um, Tell your family when you get together with them. We want to help everybody become a better investor and enjoy a better future, a better retirement, more security, less worry, not get ripped off. Please help us do that by spreading the word either verbally or through social media or just email somebody and go, hey, that was a pretty good episode. You you, You might want to listen or watch on youtube take good care of yourselves join tom tomorrow when you can call him live between three and five eastern noon to two pacific at 855-935-TALK and uh, i'm gonna go get on a plane where i will sit around and probably think about talking real money we hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.